Picture this. I'm sitting in the backyard enjoying myself. It's a nice sunny morning. I had just gotten up and I was drinking some tea and sitting in a lawn chair in the backyard with my feet in the grass, a nice cool ocean breeze blowing across my face. And I get a phone call. I look down and it's a familiar call from somebody that I talked to at that point almost every day. And uh, it was the CEO of the company that I was working for. And so I pick up the phone and, you know, we say all, you know, exchange all of our pleasantries, how's it going, everything like that. And the CEO uh, is obviously very excited, wants uh, to know some information. You're listening to the first episode of the Tunnel Coder podcast. My name is Nate Rutan. I am your host, and this episode is sponsored by Compose Cloud Solutions out of Lakewood, Colorado. And he's basically says this. He says, hey, um, is there any way we can get some customer numbers on the amount of people that, you know, they get a, uh, a free sample and then they come in and, and do they buy a full order or do they just get the sample and disappear? Or what about somebody that orders a full 30-day supply from us? Do they order that supply and then come back? And how often do they come back? And then the people that do come back, do they come back every 30 days or 60 days or 90 days? Things of that nature. And he basically just wanted to know, hey, how can we get this information? Is this is this even possible? So I was given this task of coming up with the customer retention numbers to try to figure out where we were spending our money and try to figure out how to spend it in the most wise way possible. And I started thinking, of course, this would be a perfect opportunity to use some programming skills. And I knew being very acquainted with the software stack that we already used for our e-commerce, being the one that set it all up, I knew that there wasn't going to be anything really off the shelf that was going to help us come up with these numbers at the time uh, in 2012. Of course, I think there's there's now, you know, there's many, many more products in that space now. But at the time, I, I thought, you know, I can do this. I can get this done. I just need to roll up my sleeves and just dive back into some programming. And a little backstory on this, though, as I started to think more about this, as I hung up the phone, I really started to feel very negative and started to think, man, I just think I got myself in real deep here. I probably should just hire somebody to do this. And then I started doing the kind of the back and forth, you know, the, uh, you know, angel on one shoulder and, and devil on the other shoulder and, you know, the talking back and forth, the whole thing that you've seen in the movies. And I was, I was going back and forth for a little while and I thought, you know, I'm just going to do it this time. I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to figure this thing out. And I had in mind uh, a programming language, I'm sure you've heard of Python, and they, pretty much everyone says that's the best language to use as a beginner. And so, uh, rewind about five years. The backstory to this is that I was doing some computer consulting in Northern California prior to having this really awesome scenario where I could just sit in my backyard and wake up slow and not have to rush off to work and, you know, sit in traffic for hours and hours. And I was able to just work on my laptop and had this really, really awesome scenario. And that scenario came out of 
having graduated from a master's degree uh, about three years previous to starting the company that I was working with, I was actually a a co-founder. I am a co-founder of that company. So backing all the way up, though, uh, probably about five years before this point that I'm that I started the uh, cold open with there, I was working in Northern California as an IT consultant. Really had actually just gone through the ringer. We uh, had I had started uh, working in IT many years previous to that when I was getting my degree, uh, my undergrad degree in information systems. I uh, ended up getting onto the IT department at the school that I worked at. Uh, a close friend of mine, Justin, was super awesome and, and came over one day and helped me build a computer. And uh, that just set in motion this whole sort of career path. Pri- prior to that, I was actually on the uh, radio communications path. And uh, I'm backing way up here. Uh, when I was a senior in high school, I had a gig where I worked for a local radio station in Southern Michigan. And the reason why is because my grandfather uh, was actually very instrumental in getting a a radio network up off the ground in Southern Michigan. All the way back, I started working in radio. I was doing some announcing and and weather and things like that. And so I thought that I wanted to pursue that as a career. And when my wife and I had decided to go back to school, uh, we had just been married for about a year. We both decided it was time to go back to school and finish up our, our undergrad degrees. We uh, settled on a college in, in uh, the Denver area, a little private school, and uh, I decided to go back and try to get a communications degree. Shortly after getting into that program, I, I started to realize for a bunch of different reasons that it just really wasn't going to be for me. I wasn't as excited about it as I thought. And then my friend Justin, who was in the IT department and lived across from us, came over one day and was like, hey, man, I got this computer, all these computer parts. We could go ahead and build this computer if you want to use it uh, for your homework and everything. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do that. So we built this computer and it was awesome. I'd never done anything like that before. I never, you know, snapped a bunch of things into a circuit board and, and plugged in all these wires and everything. And man, I was just hooked. I thought, this is this is awesome. And so it just kind of started off this whole career path where I decided to switch my major and get into the IT department and switched into the information systems degree track and ended up graduating a few years later with that. And so uh, right after, actually close to graduation, I was working with a large organization in Denver on their IT staff and my wife and I decided we weren't sure that we wanted to stay in Denver long-term at the time. Of course, that's where we live now, and we're super happy with it. But at the time, we were young and restless, and we thought, you know what, let's pack up our bags and head to uh, the West Coast, where my wife had grown up. So we moved to a small town in Northern California, where my wife had grown up. And uh, this was the motherlode region of uh, the Sierra Nevadas, kind of the foothill region of the Sierra Nevadas. And very well known for the 1849 gold rush. And so we landed there and it's, it's, it's a long story, guys. There was a whole bunch of stuff that happened, but I ended up through a bunch of different connections and some pretty awesome things that I'll talk about probably on another podcast uh, in the future. I ended up launching my own company. In a short amount of time, I was actually able to put together a, a pretty long list of customers, had about 300 customers uh, in my company 
that uh, company did really well. I, I really enjoyed the work. I enjoyed going to all kinds of different places every day and, and interacting with people and you know, just getting to work on all these different problems all the time. And it was always kind of fast paced and, and moving. And, you know, I didn't have to sit around in a, in a cubicle and do the same things every day. So it really suited my lifestyle, suited my personality style and and really enjoyed it. But getting back to the programming stuff, I many, many times I'd be at a customer location and they would have some sort of a problem like needing you know, to back up some data or do some kind of an automated process. And so many times I thought this would just be a perfect scenario where if I could write my own code, I could, I wouldn't have to, first of all, I wouldn't have to go looking for some software package on the internet and, you know, do a bunch of research and try to sell them on some software package. And, you know, that was a lot of time and effort that I have to spend, which was, you know, was fine as part of my job. But I thought, man, how great would it be if I could just roll up my sleeves and write a little bit of code myself and, you know, just really add value to my company and to the offering, you know, that I was giving people. So I went out and grabbed all these big, huge, thick books. And one of the big books that I got was The Ruby Way. And I can't remember who wrote it, but it was all about the Ruby programming language. I don't know if you heard of Ruby before. You might have heard of it. It's very popular, uh, or it was, especially back then in the uh, mid 2000s because it's the uh, underlying language behind Ruby on Rails and that was like one of the hottest things at the time especially for building uh, some of the newest hottest websites at the time and so I thought you know I'm gonna I'm gonna get involved in this Ruby on Rails I'm gonna learn this and I just dove right in and I got this book and I just started reading this book and looking into to how to start the uh, learning process. And first of all, this book was like a thousand pages long. So it was extremely heavy and huge. And, you know, of course it had this really official kind of vibe to it as everything does. I think, you know, nowadays we buy so many Kindle books, or at least I do, and I never see and hold the book in my hands and get that kind of feel. But back then, when we'd go out to Barnes and Noble or Borders or wherever and and actually buy a book, it seemed like the bigger the book, the more sort of legitimate. So this book just kind of had that legitimate vibe to it. And I brought it back and started working through some of the tutorials and beginning sorts of things that they try to walk you through, some of the coding practice and things like that. And right away, I mean, within a few days, I was just in over my head and starting to feel really frustrated and my whole dream of becoming my own software developer just sort of died on the vine right away. And, you know, one of the things that, one of the reasons why it was so daunting, and I think why I gave up so quick was I started to flash back to when I was younger. And when I was in school, I, I just really struggled, especially with, with math and with logic and with algebra. Man, when I got into algebra, it was just like a different world. It was like hieroglyphics. I mean, it was it was like if you had thrown me into a, a dark pyramid and, and <laughs> you know, gave me some tablets and said, like, here's these symbols, <laughs> just uh, have fun, <laughs> you know. So it wasn't that terrible, but I just, I think it, it's probably 
it, it could be because my teachers were just never those types of teachers that just really take a lot of pride in their work and are the kind that help you to get really excited. I think maybe if I had had a, a teacher back then that it would have helped me to get really excited about algebra, I think I probably would have done a lot better. I know it would have done better, especially knowing now uh, my aptitude for programming now after all these years. But uh, at the time, thinking about going back to where we are in the story where I was I was thinking about trying to become a programmer, it just I just caved in super quick. I'd be the kind of kid that'd always be daydreaming and the, the teacher would call on me and they'd be like, hey, Nate, why don't you join us and get back to the real world or something? And I'd be the kind of kid that wouldn't turn in my homework. And it just, I always just felt, to be honest, I felt pretty ashamed of myself with the whole homework scenario and with with math especially. And I just thought, you know, I, I was really good at reading and writing and I always scored really high on the aptitude test with the reading and writing. I just thought, you know, I'll never be some kind of engineer or some kind of math person. And uh, I was pretty well resolved that that was going to be the case when I was younger. Getting back to the the programming scenario, uh, where I was thinking about learning to program for myself, just right away, as soon as I started seeing those variables and you know, X equals this and Y equals that. It was just immediate flashback to my days of trying to learn algebra. And so I folded in and gave up pretty quick. But I have this kind of personality where, uh, you know, I'm very persistent. And it just really bothered me that I wouldn't be able to, to learn this. So I just, I kept going back. I kept picking up this book. I kept going out and buying new books and, and just really giving it a shot. And I'd I'd spend like maybe two weeks and, and just really give it a shot and then give up again. And so I did this, I mean, man, it was it was actually a handful of years that I did this sort of pattern where I would I would try and, and give up. And I remember this time when I was at a specific client's and she had this need, she was a real estate broker and she had this need to back up this uh, software, uh, to, to back up this data from the software that she was using. And I had, I had figured out how to write what's called a batch script, which is kind of like a just a really super simple little text file that you can uh, write some instructions and, and do some sorts of tasks, like automated tasks. But I found this this program called rsync that would do it a lot better. And I found one that was open source, which basically means you can look at the code yourself. And that uh, I was able to open it up and look, and it was written in Python. And that's not the first time I was exposed to Python. And I thought, man... If I could just do something like this, of course, you know, then I got back on the the whole bandwagon again, and I think it'd been like a year before, or between uh, first buying that Ruby book and giving it a shot, and so I kind of jumped back in and tried doing more tutorials and, and ended up just giving up again. Fast forward to, I don't know, a few years after that, and I decided that I was going to actually switch careers, and I was going to just totally get out of IT altogether. So I decided that I'd always wanted to be a teacher and I'd always wanted to go back and get a master's degree and and then go on to pursue a PhD and, and become a teacher and teach at the college level. And I'd had a teacher when I was in college that uh, had really encouraged me to do that. So I decided I'm going to go back and get my master's degree. I jumped in and found a school and it was down in Pasadena, California in L.A., Long story short, I mean, there's a lot that 
transgressed between here and there. I ended up selling my company and paying off a bunch of debt, and that was super awesome. And ended up moving down to Los Angeles with my family, and that's a whole other story. And I'll definitely dig into that because that's a really cool story too. Get into that in another podcast. But we ended up going down to LA, and I did this two-year program, graduated with the masters, and. I'd been out of the IT world for so long and, and didn't know what I was going to do at the end. I, I, during the program, decided that I didn't really want to go into academics. And so I was approached right at the end of my program uh, by somebody to help them launch this medical startup uh, company in the medical space. And it was a product and they showed me the product and I got super excited and, and jumped in with two feet and just used my previous IT skills to help get all this up and off the ground. Okay, so now fast forward about three years from that point. Now we're in 2012 and I'm sitting in the backyard and, and the company was now making, I don't know, two and a half million dollars a year. It was doing super well, growing year on year at a, a really high rate and I was able to sit in my backyard and every day and just drink drink my coffee and, and you know didn't have any kind of schedule I had to do and I you know I was I was a self starter and, and very much used to doing my own work so it was it was real easy for me to get up and have this routine and then and then go to work and at the time I was sitting up in my room because we didn't have a, a house big enough to have my own. Uh, office space. So I'd sit up in my room on this balcony and sit in a lawn chair. And uh, I'll never forget just sitting on this lawn chair. It was our house was kind of recessed down in this in this almost like little burrow or something. But up at the top, you could see across to this apartment complex. And it was super loud. And I'd have to wear these noise canceling headphones. And but I loved it because off to the to the left of me, uh, to the west was only about eight miles away was the Pacific Ocean. And I could just almost sort of see the ocean on the horizon when it was a really clear day. And you'd see the marine layer, the fog kind of rolling in and we'd get this super awesome, refreshing breeze. And so I'd sit up there and work. And so anyway, getting back to the first part of the story, I was asked to do this customer retention stuff. So I Immediately being the kind of person that I am, I thought, man, maybe this is another chance to use my programming skills or to try to come up with some programming skills. I didn't have any skills at that point, other than the fact that I had actually learned how to do some SQL type stuff, which is uh, structured query language. That's what you use to uh, write database queries for um, SQL databases. And so I'd had a little bit of experience doing that up until that point. And, and, that's actually probably why I thought maybe this would work this time. But my mind went back and I started having, like I said, this sort of battle with myself. And I just decided I was going to do it. So I set up a little studio in the garage. I needed a place where I could work and not be distracted and not have any noise. And I just really wanted to get down to business and, you know, just have this little space. So I got a desk and Stopped working up in the room in my lawn chair and went down into the garage. It was kind of this dark space with like a bare bulb and it was nice and quiet and it was kind of perfect. So I just started digging into Python. I started digging into the data structures and the arrays and the for loops and all the stuff that had just really eluded me before. And I started listening to and watching 
uh, YouTube videos before going to sleep. And I found that watching a YouTube video before bed uh, would cause me to toss and turn many times because my mind would be chewing all this stuff. But I'd get up in the morning and and all of a sudden the thing that I was chewing on was just a little bit clearer. So this was kind of like a, a hack that I realized right away would would be something that would really help me out. And so I started sort of getting obsessed with lots of different ways to sort of hack learning. And and I guess you could say I just really sort of dug in and got some grit, or at least I activated my internal grit that, you know, I think it was always there, but for me, I have to sort of activate it. I have to get just really excited about a, a subject and just let myself sort of geek out on it. So that's what I did. And uh, I just absorbed everything I could about Python. And at first it was like super easy. I mean, you know, to be honest, like a lot of the early stuff was was pretty easy to learn. And I think I'd come a long way and I started sort of digging into it. But as I went further, it wasn't long before, man, the, the learning curve just got steep, like all of a sudden. I mean, it was like hiking up a mountain where you're like, oh, this is cool. I can do this. And then boom, it was just like straight up and down. And I remember just really struggling with right away, just, I think, I think the problem was to be honest, not knowing how to filter what information to learn looking back, but it seemed like, you know, back then I didn't have any frame of reference. So I just was learning anything and everything. And all of a sudden started finding myself watching these videos on Python algorithm, they called C3. It seemed like this is what I needed to learn. Looking back now, I definitely didn't need to learn that at the time, but um, they were just all these videos and they were going on and on about how they choose between certain classes when you're doing inheritance and inheritance is just a fancy word for, you know, how you structure your code. And it literally is inheritance, like the way you think like a grandpa and a dad and then a son underneath them or a daughter or whatever. And it's just how the, the code is sort of related to the code up above it and or before it. And so, man, I just spent days on this and I ended up just really hitting my head against the wall and, and getting super frustrated. And that's when, man, I just hit this this spot where I was like, I don't think I can do this. This programming is not for me. This is just crazy. This stuff is just so hard. And it was sort of confirming all the same fears before. And I was starting to get that sort of feeling of being ashamed of myself. Like, man, I could just never learn this stuff. And so I ended up hitting this place where I had this decision, am I going to do this or am I going to just give up again? And I decided, no, you know what? I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. I am going to make this thing happen. And I kind of shift gears and I, I backed out of all that really difficult stuff that I was learning and went back and, and just went kind of went back to the basics and, and used some of the stuff that I had been able to learn up until that point to, to answer those questions that the CEO had asked me. And answering those questions was super awesome because it sort of gave me this dopamine hit where I was like, man, that was, that was really cool. I was able to, to figure out these things on my own and, and learn just enough to, to answer these questions. So I think the excitement of answering those allowed me to sort of plow back into the learning. And uh, what I did was I jumped into another programming language called Node.js, which was sort of just coming out at the time. And it's, it was kind of a uh, an implementation of what's called JavaScript, which is basically what runs your browsers and just, you know, Facebook and email and pretty much everything you see on the web has got JavaScript behind it. And this type of JavaScript, though, allowed me to 
write JavaScript, not in the browser, but on the back end, so I could do server type stuff. And that's exactly what I needed. And the cool part was when I jumped into it, I realized right away, I was like, man, uh, there's all these things that are super similar to the Python. And I started to realize that there's all these things in this other language that were very, very similar to the other language. I mean, there's certain things like adding data to a data structure, like an array or a list or whatever, which are just basically kind of like simple buckets where you hold your information. And data, honestly, is just simple too. I mean, I use the term data all the time, but data is really simple, guys. It's basically just information, right? It's like first name, last name, order number, when did they order, order date, what was the order made up of, etc. I mean, it could be really anything. It could be, you know, information about what you did yesterday or, you know, like a post on Facebook. There's information, there's data underneath that describing what that post is all about and then the, the text of your post and whatever. So data doesn't need to be you know, a scary word. But anyway, so I had this data and I was wanting to do things with it for the for the company, for, for business logic, you know, for things that would push the company ahead. We, we had a real need to take our data and, and analyze it and do things with it. And looking into the Node.js though, I started to realize, man, there's all these things that are very similar. And bonus, you know, for the Node.js was that they didn't really at the time use classes or anything. So I was able to cut out this level of complexity and that just really gave me a huge boost and I really was able to, to dig down deep into it and something about the documentation too uh, just seemed so much easier to me at the time. And so I just really dug in and man, I really was able to, to get some traction and I learned so much more and and I, I put together uh, a few other things and I rewrote some of the things I did before and man, I just really was able to get past that that roadblock that I was at before. And that, of course, gave me, you know, more sort of, I think, you know, I think it's basically like a dopamine hit in your brain. And, you know, I've, I've read about this and they say, you know, that's that's really what helps us to to move forward. You know, we get these sort of hits and we're like, man, that, that felt good to solve this problem or to really learn this thing. And so I kept moving forward and, and I was able to solve all these other problems and and move forward. And so really, but I just really want to to focus on how I think the biggest thing for me though was I started to realize I, that there's all these different things in each one of the programming languages that are very similar. And when I realized that, that's when I was just like kind of blown away. I was like, I think that was the beginning of when I started to realize, you know, I don't have to just learn exactly what's in the tutorials. I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried a programming tutorial, but they almost universally start with, you can add this number and that number, and it can be like a simple calculator. And it's like, okay, this is kind of stupid in some ways and super elementary, but yeah, let's give it a shot. And so you do that and you're like, wow, okay, yeah, I can add, you know, four plus four. Okay, that's awesome. And I can store that in a variable. Okay, cool. Um, And then they move you on and talk about, you know, things called strings, which are basically just uh, a whole string of, of bytes and characters. And, and, you know, that's, it basically makes up like text, you know, and super simple. And okay, you can store these strings in a variable and you can do little math problems. And that's great. And I'm like, this is awesome. But how do I solve real business problems? Okay, I need to figure out how many customers are buying our products and then taking off and not buying other products. How do I do that? Okay. And there's like all these tutorials and and nobody, of course, is telling me how to do that. So I spent so much time trying to figure out my business objective. I didn't want to make little calculators and little things and that was fine, but 
as soon as I started to look into how to do the business stuff, then man, it would just go up so fast into all these other things. Like I said before, just such super complex stuff. And I would get really frustrated. And so anyway, going back to what I was saying, I was able to to make a lot of headway. And I, I, I created a kind of internal website where we'd see our orders kind of fly in on the screen. And we were able to visualize uh, in real time where the orders that were coming in for the day and this and that, it was awesome. So I, and I turned around and we had this uh, other auto ship program where at the time, I think we had like 50 or hundred people that were getting our product shipped out on a monthly basis. And I thought, you know, maybe I could use these new skills to completely revamp this. Cause it was actually really difficult at the time and really, really hard to, to deal with on the back end for uh, our customer service team in Michigan. So I thought, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to use this newfound programming skills to just completely revamp this. And I did. I, I got this cloud-based program or this cloud-based system called Chargebee, which is like a uh, basically gives you an awesome sort of set of tools, like an a- API, they call it, application programming interface. And it allows you to sort of have kind of this backdoor where you can push and pull your data and they sort of build all the functions that you need and then you can kind of build into the system. So I use that, I rolled up my sleeves and I built this new auto ship program. And man, within like a month or two, we were just off to the races. And eventually we ended up scaling up to a thousand users. It was like a 10 times increase right away, just because of the the ease of use and the ability for us to to push it and really get our customers excited about it. And so, man, that was just like, another hit. I was just like, yes, like I was able to solve these business problems and I was off to the races. And so I'll talk more probably in the in future podcasts about, you know, all the things that went into that that process and but what what happened was I basically then I turned around and I thought, you know, I've got all these things I want to do. Now I've got all this business logic and all these things and I turned around and and you know, I thought I'll I'll use all this newfound information to to solve all these problems, but of course it wasn't that simple. As I, I dove in, I, I ended up getting into a lot more complexity again and hit another wall with not just the original problems, but these much more complex problems. And But this time I was armed with sort of this newfound ability to not just to program and not just to, you know, do the, you know, the programming, I guess, like syntax and all the things you got to learn, but Really what it was, was I was armed with this ability to, first of all, search on Google, search on Stack Overflow, how to understand uh, all the different errors that come up. And really the the knowledge that, that propelled me forward was the ability to organize the way that I understand what information was important. And that's like so key because you're just hit with a barrage of so much information. And it's like, how do you organize this? How do you wade through this? How do you know what information is the right information, what information is going to lead you to the right path to solve the business problems that a lot of us need to solve, you know, or, or whatever problem that you need to solve with the programming. Um, it's like you're get you get thrown, it's, it's like getting thrown like a whole room full of Legos and you're like, okay, there's a million different pieces. How do I start? And somebody's like, well, you take this piece and you can snap it together and you can create this really cool little log cabin. And you're like, that's awesome, but that's not what I need to do. So I think that's the biggest thing is like, how do you wade through all this information? How do you know what pieces of all these millions of pieces are the right pieces? And to be honest, I found out that there's really 
only a handful, a really a small amount of pieces that really matter in the end. I mean, all the other pieces you can look up. I mean, you can look it all up. You can you can read the documentation, but in the end, there's just a few things that you really need to know, and they span across all the different languages. Uh, I'll talk about this too later in, in other podcast episodes, but I went on from there to learn Java, the Java language. And then from that point, I went into C Sharp, which is what I, I do most of my stuff in now. But I ended up learning really uh, four different languages. And um, three of those languages I can write proficiently right now. I mean, I could just write, turn around and, and write in any one of those three languages right now, anything I need to do. But it was just a long process. It took me about seven years to get where I'm at right now, of this level of proficiency. But I, I really truly believe if somebody had helped me sort of wade through those Lego pieces in the beginning, it would have been so much easier. And, um, you know, I would have been able to understand which ones really matter, which ones don't matter, what's just, you know, really cut through the noise. It's like that signal to noise ratio. And that's really what we're going to do on this Tunnel Coder podcast. Uh, I really want to help you guys to understand what really matters when you're learning how to code, how to cut through all the noise and how to really understand not not just, you know, specific programming syntax, because that's really, it's the whole fishing pole and the fish thing where, you know, all the, all the syntax, all the specific stuff, your syntax is, you know, the, the way some specific programming language implements this thing or that thing. All that syntax is very specific. And if I taught you or I helped you learn how to know that specific syntax, it'd be like handing you a fish. You'd know, you could eat for a day and you'd know that's the answer to your specific problem. But what if you wanted to learn how to solve general problems? Well, that's that's where you need to learn these sort of general understanding. That's where, that's the fishing pole. That's how you learn how to how that pole works, you could go out and you can catch fish anywhere. You can, you know, go to a different river, go to a different lake, whatever. You can do what you need to do. You know, the, the different rivers, the different lakes in this metaphor are the business problems. Okay. So you can, you can have a business problem. You can have a problem, uh, you know, related to, well, maybe it's a personal problem. I mean, I think business problems are the best solved because you make money, of course. Right. But let's say you wanted to solve a personal problem. You want to do a a personal website, you want to solve some, you want to make a personal weather station out of an Arduino, or I don't know, you've just got some thing that you want to do and you want to solve these problems. So that's where you really need to know how to wade through all the, all the noise and really need to, you know, to know how to find those things that are common to all the different languages. So you might choose one particular language to solve that problem, but there's all these things that are common. So in the end, I, I really had some amazing things, some amazing transformations. I, I accomplished my original goal that, you know, many, many years I wanted to do. I wanted to learn how to program. I wanted to learn how to program because I thought at the time it would sort of uncouple me from having to live in one particular city where I had all these customers. And I was sort of, I mean, I loved working with my customers, but I was tied to that specific place. And I wanted to be able to move around and just work from my laptop and be able to upload my work to the internet and get paid for it and be able to work from anywhere. So I accomplished that objective and that was amazing. It felt super amazing to finally, after all the years, be able to say that I accomplished that objective. But probably the biggest thing though, 
was accomplishing that sort of other objective of, or or not maybe not an objective. I didn't even know it was an objective at the time, but accomplishing this lifelong task of learning how to program really just, I can't tell you how amazing it felt as far as removing that feeling of shame. Like I was talking about earlier of being the, the kid or the person that just didn't understand math, just didn't understand algebra. And I just resolved in my mind many years before that, you know, I just didn't have the mind for this stuff. I, you know, maybe I was smart. Maybe I could do all kinds of things. I could solve all kinds of problems. But when it came to engineering and math and logic, yeah, I just wasn't the kind of person that could that could do that. And man, guys, I can tell you that's so far from the truth now. I mean, I can solve so many different problems now. And, and now I get paid just a really awesome rate for what I do. Okay. And I'm able to live wherever I want. I'm able to live in this awesome state of Colorado. I can spend lots of time with my kids. I can go out and I can exercise and I can set my own schedule. And I'm really kind of living the dream, guys. Honestly, uh, I mean, it took a long time to get here, uh, but it's amazing. But also deeper than that, though, I feel so much better about myself. I can't even tell you how awesome it feels to have accomplished this objective to really prove to myself that, no, you can solve these things. You can be an engineer. You can solve difficult problems. If I would have known what I know now about myself and about the things that I can solve, I would have, man, it would have changed the game for me in school. I mean, it just, it just really would have been a game changer. And so I just want to let you guys know, I mean, that's the, I think that's really what I, you know, I wanted to accomplish for this first episode is just to encourage you. If there's something you've given up on, there's something you think you can't do, there's something you think you'll never do. I just want to encourage you to just give it another shot. Just, just dig in, just understand that, that you can do it and you can change your life. And you're so much more capable. We're all so much more capable of, of things that we think we can't do. And man, it's not only can it change the outside circumstances, but it can just really change your self-esteem. It can change the way you interact with others. It can change the way you see yourself. It can change the way that you parent. It can change your relationships. It can change your marriage. It can change your relationship with your significant other if you're not married. Uh, it can boost your career. The sky is the limit, guys, seriously, when you change yourself on the inside and you and you accomplish things that you thought you couldn't accomplish. So I just want to leave it at that, guys. Thanks so much for listening to my first episode of the Tunnel Coder Podcast. And we're going to talk about a lot more things like this going forward. I'm going to share a lot more stories with you. And uh, the hope is to uh, bring on maybe some other guests and some people to uh, to interview and different things. And I think the format's probably going to change a little bit as I start to uh, determine what the podcast is really going to be like as we go forward. But I invite you to go on the journey with me and, and I'm going to have some really awesome content here for you all. And just really the goal is to help you find that internal grit and find yourself and to accomplish your goals and uh, especially related to coding. I mean, if you're not wanting to be a coder, hey, listen to this podcast anyway, because I want to talk about grit. I want to talk about learning how to do things. I've got a bunch of other stories of personal things that I've accomplished that I've put to put to use these same practices and accomplished other things that I never thought I could. So 
Uh, stay tuned, guys. Uh, we're going to have some awesome stuff in store for you. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you're having an awesome day or an awesome night wherever you are. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>